in this week's episode of the Across the Pod podcast. This week's guest, Andre Dixon, gives us his best team currently in the AFC. Still reign supreme. I, I, don't, I haven't seen anything to really change my mind on that. Bills fan David Kabrosh tells me what the experience was like watching the Bills Dolphins game in the snow. It's the majority of the snow fell Friday night into Saturday. And it was on and off during the day. So, I mean, the field was spotless, as you can see. Once I walked in there, I was, you know, I wasn't amazed, but mildly surprised. And finally, I take the chance once again to criticise Dak Prescott. I agree, and I don't think I can name a single big game where he's performed. I mean- And welcome back to the Across the Pod NFL podcast. We are here for a week 15 review. And this week you're joined by a returning guest, um, well known for his work as Verge Magazine, Alternative Sport, a well-known man if you're good on Instagram and TikTok, you know him from there. Got back with us, Dre. First of all, how are you, mate? Oh, thank you for having me on. And, uh, you know, I'm I'm good. Honestly, I'm very ready for Christmas break. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, no, just 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 definitely, um, you know, feeling blessed and and very looking forward to spending some time with family and and eating lots of food. Oh, couldn't, <laughs> couldn't agree more. Couldn't agree more. It's best part of Christmas. Forget the presents. Forget the tree. Forget the music. It's all about those the stuffing, the parsnips, the roast potatoes. It's the best part, and and the leftovers the next day. That's the best part as well. With the the Boxing oh, Day man. leftover turkey sandwich, can't beat it. Oh man, honestly, I, I I'm very much looking forward to because my wife, thankfully, and and uh, as you can see, my wife is a very good cook. That's why uh, my stomach is always in every picture. Uh, but I'm very much looking forward to this. Is her time to shine, and my turn, my time to help eat and tidy up. <laughs> fair play, fair play. And you were today at the NFL Academy, is that right? So, um, how was that? How was that day for you? Yeah, so we we um, met up with uh, three of the the, the guys um, who have signed uh, with, with their various different colleges, and um, it's really exciting. Um, you know, it's, it's you know, it's, especially there's one 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 of the guys, uh, you know, Kemi, who's um, going to be joining up with um, Dion Sanders, uh, the um, Colorado, which is really really exciting. You know, so you know, and he's not just been recruited once; it's effectively twice because he's uh, obviously, you know, Deion Sanders moved uh, just recently. So it's it's uh, quite exciting to be able to see a potential superstar. Uh, I've got uh, he's got a superstar like a, a bit of a shine about him. So I'm um, I, I said to him like, as long as his play continues the way that he is and what he's been recruited for, and I'm sure he's going to be a big star in, in the NFL and in our fancy lineups in in time to come. But yeah, no. You know, um, it's definitely a good thing to be able to see, you know, these three, you know, of, of our shining stars going up over to various colleges in, in America where obviously uh, football, American football to them is, uh, or to us, is uh, is taken very much seriously. And they'll be, it's rather than playing in a park, they'll be playing in front of thousands of people. So it's really exciting times. Mm, definitely. And fingers crossed for all those people coming through that they do make their dream possible and make it to the NFL. Um, we're going to start off with some sad news. Obviously, earlier on today, it was announced the death of Franco Harris, literally days before the um, 50th anniversary of the Immaculate Reception, which, of course, is what he's well known for. So just thoughts and considerations go to his family. Uh, one of the best plays in NFL history. And I don't think it'll be, it'll be hard for that to be topped in NFL in any future game. Um, but in terms of the Week 15 review, it started off on Thursday night as the 49ers wrapped up the NFC West title with a 21-13 win over the Seattle Seahawks in Seattle. Uh, we spoke to Paul Hope as he gave us his reaction to his team winning the NFC West. Hi Andy, Paul Hope from 49 FFL UK. Just before we get started, wanted to say season's greetings to you and your family. Wish you all the best for this festive period. As requested, um, here's some thoughts from me regarding the NFC West champions. Your San Francisco 49ers are officially the best in the West. We swept the Seattle Seahawks for the first time since 2011. The 49ers have won seven straight games 
and have got eyes on the second seed in the NFC. Brock Purdy has blown all expectations out of the water, as we've been discussing on the Fighting NFA for UK pods. We didn't expect Mr. Irrelevant to come in and be this relevant. Um, obviously, he was taken with the last pick of the draft this year. Third choice quarterback just goes to show that Kyle Shanahan's system does work. He's plugged in three quarterbacks this year. Um, obviously, we lost to the Bears and the Broncos. We lost Trey Lance against Seattle. But to go into your biggest divisional rival's house and seal a division is something special. I know it's something that I enjoyed, Andy, and I know it's something that all the 49er faithful UK enjoyed, especially as it was prime time, which meant a 1.15am start for us in the UK. But at half past four in the morning, I'm pretty sure the smile was as big as mine around the UK. Um, we enjoyed Victory Friday. We did go into a deep dive of the game on the 49er faithful UK pod. So anybody listening who wants a bit more detailed depth analysts our thoughts on the game please do check that out but what can i say andy cmc me and you've spoken about it on your pod we've had messages we've been in each other's dms cmc for me has been the catalyst i mean we haven't lost since we traded for him he's added that extra dimension to our offense i said previously he was like the safety valve for jimmy and he's been that and more for Brock Purdy. I was surprised to see CMC run as much as he was against Seattle, but that said, you can't blame Kyle Shanahan for utilising a weapon such as CMC. D'Amico Ryans is continuing to stifle opposing offences. It looks like Debo Samuel will be back for the playoffs. So why wouldn't 49ers fans be confident? 2022 has been an interesting and a fun season. We've had our ups, we've had our downs, but we're used to that. Um, I'm looking ahead to the Washington game, which will be on Christmas Eve, 9 o'clock in the UK. It'll be a different test for the 49ers. It's an opponent that we can't afford to take lightly, in my opinion. Um, but at the moment, I'm still enjoying the 21-13 win against the Seahawks. You've known me well enough now to know that I'm very passionate about the 49ers. Um, since I've got into the sport the Seahawks have been the bane of my life they always tended to beat us so the fact we swept them for the first time since 2011 for me Kyle Shanahan coach of the year odds should have gone up following that given the shaky start of the season as I said and the fact that we've come in with uh, our third choice quarterback and we're still winning games Mooney Ward has been an impressive signing for me I've said that I've said that all along and just before I sign off, when you look at the Seattle game, um, Geno Smith, the pressure he faced the other night, it might not have translated into sacks on the night, but we got constant pressure on him. We had nine quarterback hits. Kerry Hyder was good next to Armstead, who I was very impressed with Armstead. Nick Bosa bounced around, and for me, Andy strengthened his Defensive Player of the Year campaign, as Nick Bosa has been awesome this year. Our secondary continues to improve against explosive players. There was a couple of bust early coverages against Seattle, but this was quickly adjusted by Sam defence, all level, all three levels on the field. For me, Mooney Ward deserves Pro Bowl and all Pro nominations. DK Metcalf did nothing on the night. I think, what, four catches for 33 yards and four targets, given how much he was flexing and, and being a bit of a baby that he is. Sorry, Seahawks fans, but I'm not a fan of 14. But yeah, Ryan's unit kept hold of both him and Lockett. For me, Lockett's the better of the two. The game, 21-13 on paper, makes it sound that it was a closer game than what it was, but it wasn't really. The defensive um, touchdown that we scored, the pick six from Lenar should have stood. That was a poor, poor flag, in my opinion, on Nick Bosa. Um I know it split people to the letter of the law. Some people say it was rough on the passer. For me, it wasn't at all in any shadow of any doubt. But I was never worried, Andy. Um, the game itself was fairly straightforward. We had it pretty much sewn up. My boy, George Kittle, Club 85, had a big game. Loved both of those touchdowns. My favourite is probably the first one when Purdy did the double fake and then found him wide open in the middle. 
it's kind of what we've been crying out for as 49ers fans to get Kittle more involved in the past game. Um, I mean, all said and done, he had four catches on the night, two touchdowns for only the third time in his career. He's had a two-touchdown game, but the battle now starts. We've clinched the number three seed. Um, I don't think we can get the number one seed. I know there's a few fans have taken the news of uh, Hurts' injury for the Eagles, but for me, the Eagles have to lose out. I can't see them losing out. The Eagles and the Cowboys, for me, are the ones I'm keeping an eye on. I believe it'll be either the 49ers, the Eagles, or the Cowboys that we see representing the NFC in the big one. Obviously, I'm very confident that it'll be my team, but then again, I always call the Niners win. I did call a 13-4 and season at the start, so that's still on. I just need the 49ers to win out now. Anyway, buddy, hopefully that this is enough for you. Um, it's always good to catch up. It's always good to touch base. Hope you are well, and hopefully we'll speak soon. Go Niners. And next up was another one on Saturday, one of our first of three games, which saw one of the best games in recent history, one of the, the record for the biggest comeback in NFL history, as the Vikings won 39-36 to over the Indianapolis Colts in overtime. Another one of our returning guests, Paul, um, sorry, not Paul, Lewis um, Baines, he gave us his reaction to the game and also to his team wrapping up the NFC North. Hey everyone, Lewis here. Um, just to give my thoughts on the Minnesota Vikings comeback victory against the Colts this past weekend. So... 33-0 down at the half and it was the biggest ever comeback victory in NFL history. As a Vikings fan, I was delighted. It was a roller coaster of emotions, of course. But in the second half, Jeff Saturday had no answer, defence or offence. Obviously, they scored a field goal at the start of the second. But it's all very one-dimensional from the Colts. And once Ed Donatel switched it up, I don't know why it took him till half-time to do this, but... Once he switched it up, the Colts couldn't do anything on offense. Nothing at all. And it was working at the start. But, you know, Kirk Cousins breaking a record of his own as well. The most yards by a quarterback in the second half and overtime in NFL history now. Next closest was Derek Carr. He held the record previously from um, a 2020 come from behind victory. He was around 370 marks. So it was about 50 yards more from Cousins. And... It's fantastic to win the North for the first time since 2017 and lock up the division, of course, over our rivals. But we haven't been ticking the last few weeks. We knew the divisional title was coming after a strong start, but we, we need to get back rolling now and focus on that second half, I believe, um, going forward and into the playoffs. But I'm sure every Vikings fan is just as happy as me and let's go for the playoffs, man. And then the other Saturday games saw the Baltimore Ravens lose 13-3 to the Cleveland Browns and the Miami Dolphins lose 29-32 in a classic game against their division rivals, the Buffalo Bills, who have pretty much now wrapped up the AFC East. Um, I spoke to a guy I met in Detroit, David Kaprosh, as we reviewed that game in detail. So here we are for our Bills Against Dolphins review, and I'm here with a new guest to the podcast, a first-timer on the Across the Pod podcast, a guy I was very fortunate to meet when I was in Detroit. So if you don't know the story by now, I was in Buffalo and my bus uh, got cancelled without telling me, so I was basically stranded in Buffalo on my way or trying to get to the Bills-Detroit Lions game on the Thursday on Thanksgiving, and I was very kindly through Bills Mafia on Twitter, uh, managed to get a lift organised to Detroit and I stayed in Detroit with about seven or eight uh, Buffalo Bills fans and one of them is here with me now. I've got with me David. How are you? Man, how are you doing? Good to really see you, good. brother. Yeah, likewise. It's been um, yeah, been a few weeks now, isn't it, since we met up, but it's um, really cool to be able to stay in contact and get you, get you on the podcast. My pleasure. Thanks again. No problem at all. Uh, we normally like to ask our new guest why they support a team and why they follow the team they do, but you're from Buffalo, you're a Bills fan. That story is self-explanatory. But I will ask you, obviously you've been a fan for a lot of time now, is there like a certain player in your life supporting a team that has stood out more than the rest, like a favourite player as your, as a fan? I mean, I go back, you know, I'm in my late 50s now, so I've been following the team since, you know, probably seven, eight years old. And, I mean, I wouldn't say there was like one maybe in particular. And my first autograph back in the day was 
Um, the grades from the offensive line with Black OJ Reggie McKenzie. Um, they used to play basketball in the offseason a lot. The guys that stayed and lived in town. And he, you know, he was again one of my first autographs. So I would, I, you know, if I had to say, if I had to pick one, I would, I think it would be offensive guard Reggie McKenzie from the, those days in the 70s. Okay, fair enough, fair enough. Um, you were, of course, at the game, which is very heavily uh, reported, obviously, all the snow that came in. Um, how was that for you as a fan? Plus, you guys are used to snow, being living in Buffalo. You get snow, I imagine, every year. Um, but how was that like for an atmosphere, sort of going to the game, so much snow? Like, how was the tailgating? How was the game itself? Oh, the tailgate was awesome. Um, you know, you're going to have to put that on your list. You're going to have to join us next season, Get get your... You put back to Buffalo and uh, um, yeah, I was highly anticipated. You know, um, my buddy Dave, him and I used to work together at FedEx for for many years, and uh, we, we, you know, we we put our brains together and come up with a plan for each individual game. And then, of course, with you know the snow that we got prior and during the tailgate, and then for some reason it didn't really, as you saw the broadcast, it didn't snow until like the fourth quarter, which I kept looking up, going, "Well, come on, where's this?" <laughs> Um, yeah, again, we just put together a plan, what we're going to eat. We put our pop-ups up. We, we, you know, we, um, I'll have to send you some pictures. We, um, get the tarps, we close it off. We have a couple of heaters going. We have the fire pit going on the outside and literally him and I, we just, we make it a day at the gate. It was at eight o'clock, you know, East coast kickoff. And we got in a lot at like nine, 10 o'clock in the morning and set up shop and, you know, waited waited for everybody to start showing up. I was given traffic reports on my on my little hit the showers Facebook page and uh just keeping people up their breast as far as the road the road conditions and the weather and that. So and were you one of the ones that during the game threw the snowballs on the field? Um no I was actually I was kicking a couple of fans actually that were throwing out the younger the younger generation <laughs> where the kid like directly in front of me, uh, you know, I'm on the aisle, so he's across the aisle, and I just kind of nudge him. Like, what are you doing, man? Just, I don't know, throw him up in the air. Like, you, you know, I think the first touchdown for the Bills, it was actually in my end zone where my seats are, and it looked kind of cool. You know, the, the snow was going up in the air, but of course there's, you know, a few dozen going onto the field, and I'm just like, I don't know. Of course, they didn't have time to clean to clear the stadium because it's the majority of the snow fell Friday night into Saturday. And then it was on and off during the day. So, I mean, the field was spotless, as you could see. Once I walked in there, I was, you know, I wasn't amazed, but mildly surprised that they got all the, literally all the snow off the field. But as you're walking through the stands, I'm going, oh, man, this this, this might not be good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know whether you've seen on Twitter in the past. I mean, I looked at that footage and thought it reminded me so much of when in the World Cup, when England fans watch games, you see when England score a goal, just beer just flies everywhere in these pubs. And it just reminded me a lot of when I saw the Bills fans when he scored that first touchdown, when all the all the snow went up in the air. It looked like a really good atmosphere to be at. And I, even though I'd have been so cold being at the game, I think I'm very jealous of those who managed to turn up and be at the game. Um, it didn't. It's funny, temperature-wise, I mean, for... Again, if you live in the Northeast of the States, you know, it's this time, it's that time of year, you, you dress for it. I didn't think it was as cold. It wasn't as windy because, um, I don't know if you know the way the stadium is set, it's the lower bowl is literally 50 feet underground. So when the winds come from, if you're watching the game from left to right, I'm looking up top and you got the flags at the top of the stadium. And, I mean, they were moving, but once that wind comes down into the, into the bowl, Looking at the, the, they got the, you know, the tassels on the goalposts. You know, those weren't moving a whole lot. Again, it was, you know, cold December night, but nothing. If you live in this, you know, this part of the country, nothing you're not really not used to. Okay, so the game itself finished 32-29 with Tyler Bass getting the last second field goal when the time hit zero. A touchdown from the Dolphins came from Salvon Ahmed, Jalen Waddle and Tyree Kill. And the Bills touchdowns came from Dawson Knox, Quinton Morris, Naheem Hines and James Cook. 
terms of the stats itself, Josh Allen threw four touchdowns, zero picks, 304 yards. Tua, two touchdowns, zero picks, 234 yards. The lead rusher was Raheem Mostert with 136 yards. And the lead receiver was Jalen Waddle with 114. And both teams recorded two sacks each. Um, in terms of being at the game itself, what were your thoughts overall on, on how the game went and how the Bills performed? Um... I think, I mean, both teams, I mean, I was, I wouldn't say I was shockingly surprised with Miami's uh, performance because that's a good team over there. I mean, as much as, you know, the rivalry, I think is back, at least for me with, against, you know, with Miami, which is great because, I mean, that's, that's what I grew up with. That rivalry is just, I mean, it's still in my blood, but, um, you know, the whole, I mean, you know, the whole week leading up to it, the weather, the weather, the snow, the weather, the snow, the cold. Who has never played it? I thought that I thought he played outstanding. You know, you know he still had a couple of wild throws, but I mean, when you got Waddle and Hill, and the running game was cranking, I mean, there was a lot of. I tell you what, there's a lot of nervous Bills fans going into that. You know, as we're rolling into the third, almost the fourth quarter. I mean, it it got a little quiet in there. The, the fans, including me, it was it a little nerve wracking, but it just, it was weird when. The beginning of the fourth quarter on that first of two drives that the Bills scored on, it starts to snow, and it just seemed like it was it was it was weird. It was like the, the switch was flipped, and it's like okay, let's go. You know, with Miami, I tell you, if they're gonna keep two around, which I think they should, the kid can play. You know, say what you want. You know, the, the you know now it's a three game losing streak, but you know. I think, and then McDaniel, I thought showed a lot as a rookie coach, what he's been able to do with, with especially with him. You know, again, uh, moving forward, that's not going to be a team to, to reckon with in the, in the division and, and in the league. So. Yeah, I agree completely. But I do have my reservations about McDaniel from this game because, first of all, it was really good to see us actually be competitive because the last two games were so tough. I mean, the Chargers game to 49ers game, the, the losses there. But a lot of the time, we weren't actually playing that well. And so it was really good for me this time to actually see us be competitive with the Bills, especially with how the last few years have gone in terms of being on the road to Buffalo, seemed to always get, you know, losing by 20, 30 points. So for me, it was really cool to see us actually be competitive. But I think McDaniel showed a little bit of um, coaching inexperience. I mean, you mentioned, you mentioned the run game. We also had the most running yards in the, in the whole of the game. And I felt like there were times on third down, we didn't go for the running game near enough as we should have because there were times where you know we were giving them especially the first maybe first two quarters we were doing really well on the run game and we just completely neglected it on the third downs I think there was loads of times third and ones third and five third and six where we would go for this these play action plays now I'm, I'm just thinking we should be going for these run play because in these kind of conditions as well something that we were doing so well in I thought we should have stuck with that especially on short short plays so I I think McDaniel will look back at that game and think that was a game opportunity missed because I think there were definitely opportunities where he tried to go for the spectacular, sexy play where he should have gone for the gone for nitty gritty and gone for that run play. So I think there were for me certain areas where McDaniel did show his his rookie head coach status. But as a Bills fan as well, for you, David, does any of that concern you? Because you are first seed in the AFC, but there were times where. I think both the Waddle and Hill touchdowns, your secondary got burned by our receivers, albeit very fast players, don't get me wrong. And obviously the run game was very, struggled a lot in this game um, against Raheem Mostert especially. So just in terms of going forward, now you're in the playoffs, you've secured the playoffs and all but likely the division now. Does that concern you going into the big games in the playoffs, the fact that your secondary was at times exposed and your run game was as well? And as you can see, like you just mentioned with, Waddle and Hill, I mean, they're a couple of fast cats. And I think on our back end, that's what kind of scares me because they don't have this, a, you know, a speedster corner back there. You got good cover corners, but speed-wise, I mean, you saw. I mean, Hill got behind White on that touchdown pass. And once Waddle hits that that next gear, you know, forget about it. I mean, it, it's crazy. But And then piggybacking on what you mentioned on, on those third down plays, it's funny as you said that because I'm sitting in the stands going, what are they doing? It's third and two, third and four, and he's still trying to do that that, that quick fade. And it's mm -hmm. like, dude, you 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 can control this game right now if you're 
now you're punting again, especially on that second last possession. You pin the, you know, you, you punt, you pin the, you know, Bills deep, and then, you know, they, and then Josh goes on that big run down along the Bills bench, and then you could just see it after that, after that run, you could see the momentum. But again, Miami still had chances, which, again, like you said, Mick, I think he's going to look back at the film and go, let's see when you're running as good as you did Saturday night. Mm. I was, I was confused. I really was. I looked, I looked at my guys and going, what are they doing? You got a beast back there who's ripping chunks of yards off of you, and you're going to do a, a little fade on third and two or third and four? I'm like, I don't know. I mean, yeah, it helped out, helped out my team, but, you know, again, it's, it's going to be a definitely learning curve for a rookie head coach. So. Yeah, especially, and I think that, you know, it's not like the run game had been struggling in recent weeks. I think that it's not like it was that situation where we were struggling. We were doing so well in the run game. Raheem Mostert was having definitely his best game in the Dolphins jersey so far this season, and I think that that's something he'll really look back on and be and be upset by. But I think at the end of the day, as long as we make the playoffs, I think that's the most important thing for us because not many Dolphins fans, I don't think, came into the season expecting to win a division. So I think just making the playoffs is a sign of progress, something you haven't done for four or five seasons now. So I think for me personally, just as long as, as, long as you get the playoffs done and get in there, I think that's a good season and anything more is a bonus. But I think that in terms of in a second or third year, as we're now seeing with the likes of Brandon Staley and Kingsbury, you make mistakes in your first year, it's probably a free pass. Second and third year, I think then, same mistakes happen again. I think then you can really ask questions from your coach. Um, but our final point before we do go um, is the rest of the season and beyond. So you guys obviously are the, number, the current number one seed with 11 of three records, as are the Chiefs who are second seed with the same record. Uh, their last three games are the Seahawks, Broncos and Raiders, whereas your last three games see you play the Bears, the Bengals and the Patriots. How confident are you, David, of your team, first of all, locking up that number one seed and then going further forward, uh, making a Super Bowl? Well, it's funny being in this spot right now compared to, I, mean, I hate, I don't like looking back, but compared to where they were last year. And it's funny because you've seen, you see Kansas City struggle the last two weeks. You know, and they're, they're winning. I mean, it's not, at the end of the day, you look at the record and go, you're not, I'm not looking back after this season and go, well, we should have lost those, which you lost that one. But moving forward, three games left. My thing is, I always say to the guys out here, the gas pedal's on the right. Just keep your foot on the gas. You know, every every week's a challenge. I mean, a whole cliche, you know, one week at a time. And I I go by that. I don't I don't like looking ahead. I mean, yeah, the Cincinnati game, sandwiched in between Chicago and New England. I mean, that's going to be a game. It's Monday Night Football, and it's down you know down in Cincinnati. That you win that game, it's looking good the one seed yeah but again big league i mean you know you've been following it you don't know there's upsets all over the place we could go into chicago and now they're calling for blizzard conditions on friday you know we're talking single digits on saturday as far as air temperature and and i got a flight book for chicago and i don't even know if i'm going to be able to go because i'm literally flying out christmas you know christmas eve morning and flying back after the game so it's kind of up in here. I'm supposed to meet Larry there as you, as, as you mm. Larry in Detroit. So I don't even know. So stay tuned on that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, um, it's, it's amazing. Like in the UK, I mean, we get the tiniest bit of snow and our country goes crazy. I mean, school, school shut with like, so you get one inch of snow and schools will shut and all that. Whereas you guys are so much better at handling these weather conditions, so much more prepared. So I think it's um, amazing to hear that you'll be, you know, you went to the game on, on Saturday night and you'd be going to this game even with these conditions. But yeah, I think in terms of the season going ahead forward, I think that a lot of times I get so annoyed by the fact that say week three or four, a team will lose and they'll be written off with like so many games. Patriots were a classic example for many years. They'd lose a game in week three and they'd be written off and then they end the season well and then they go and make a good run. And I think that's what's key now for you guys as well as the Chiefs that I think now's the time you have to really start making these wins count and really get a run together because it's only what, three weeks till the playoffs start, you know, four weeks if you get the bye week. So I think now we're really approaching, as Christmas comes, really approaching a crucial time uh, for you yourselves if you want to make that game in Arizona in February. Yeah, I think I think it, it, with each team that's either on the bubble or, or 
you know, like like Miami, we're all we're all in the in the, the top seven of the conference and the, the playoffs start. The playoffs started. If you really want to look, you know, look at it that way, the, the playoffs start now. I mean, you could lose a game and drop down in the in the standings, or you could be out like the Jets in New England are right now. So I mean, it's it's go time, man. <laughs> if you want to put it in a, a, a better phrase. Yeah, I think one thing we can all agree on is that how good was last night watching the um the way the Patriots lost to the Raiders. I said I it's funny, I um I had that game on and and it wasn't on locally, so I got a streaming service that I could, you know, get the I get all the NFL games and so I'm, I'm back to that one and because it wasn't on in, in the Buffalo market. And then I text my girlfriend and you know, she heard the England loss. They said, Well, wait till you see how they lost. <laughs> She didn't oh, know, and then she looked it up, and she's like, "What were they doing?" And I said, "I don't know." And then hearing hearing more about it today, with my uh, I got I got a bunch of buddies in Massachusetts, and um, that it wasn't even called for, uh, you know, a, a play like that. They were just just run the ball and just you know fall, you know, if you get tackled going overtime, like what are you doing throwing the lateral around twice back to your quarter? <laughs> I was like, when I saw the ball in here, I'm going. Oh no! Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, my obviously that game was on very late for us UK fans. My brother is a big Raiders fan. I remember he texted me in the morning just saying he'd watched the highlights and thinking, "What have I just watched?" It's just it was just incredible, and I um obviously it's really helped us out as well now because now we've got we're one game clear and we've got the tiebreak already on them. So um, if we can beat them in two weeks' time, I think that may well wrap up our our place in the well. Actually, depends on the Jets do, but in terms of beating the Patriots to the playoffs, I think that beating them in week um, 17, whatever it is, I think that's a really, that'd be a really big win for us. Um, but before we go, we're going to give you a chance, David, just to promote your social media. If you'd like to promote your Facebook page or your Twitter, um, well, the floor is yours. Yeah, um, yeah, my Facebook, Dave Kaprash, Um, just look up, hit the showers, ask for an invite. 99%, I'll you'll you'll get accepted and then it's it's just I do a pregame, post game, you know, Bills game. I keep it like I keep it short, five, six minutes maybe. I've been getting more and more like, you know, guests on. You know, I in the past I've had Kenny Johnson, you know, pencil run. Um I'm friends with John Lang, you know, Bill's Elvis. I'm gonna I'm hoping to get him on for the playoffs. Again, it's just I call it sometimes nonsense. I just I'll throw a lot of you know, content on my page. Those related, NFL related, some silly memes. Like I said, I keep it light. A lot of the, a lot of good podcasts out there. Um, but again, it's just, I just do it for fun. You know, I, I people are asking me to get on YouTube and extend it, and I'm like, oh, just again, just it's just for fun. I'm a big fan of the team, and I love the NFL as well as you do, and, and a lot of others. And you know, I will have to get you on hopefully next week or two. Definitely, I definitely be up for that. If you ever need me, I'm I'm always there. Uh, any Bills fans listening as well to the podcast or watching on our YouTube, um, do check that out because I've joined it and it is even though a lot of it is at my team's expense, I think it's um still very good, very good watching. Uh, but that has been our Dolphins Bills review. Let's get back to the rest of the podcast and then heading on to Sunday. And the first of our games we're going to look over um, is going to be Dallas against the Jacksonville Jaguars. But before we do that, the Eagles did win against the Bears 25-20. to The New Orleans Saints beat the Falcons 21-18. to The Detroit Lions beat the Jets 21-17. And the Pittsburgh Steelers beat the Carolina Panthers 24-16. to But yeah, our first game we're going to focus on is the Dallas Cowboys, who lost 40 points to 34 to the Jacksonville Jaguars in overtime. One of three games on Red Zone that went to overtime at the same time. Uh, Dak Prescott, the Dallas Cowboys callback, threw for 256 yards, three touchdowns, two picks. Trevor Lawrence had 218 yards, four touchdowns, one pick. Um, Tony Pollard had 75 rushing yards. Travis Etienne had 103. Both C.D. Lamb and Zay Jones both had over 100 receiving yards. But in the end, it was a last, in overtime, a... Winning pick six from Ray Sean Jenkins as the Jaguars now move within one win of the Tennessee Titans in the AFC South. And that's really where we're going to start, Dre, is the Jaguars, because, you know, mm-hmm. they're a team that a lot of people had high hopes for before the season started, that they could be a bit of a surprise team, a bit of an underdog. And the way the season started, I think they were two and five at one point. Um, they were completely written no. off. 
But the last four games, they've been absolutely balling and the Titans have been plummeting the other end of the scale. So in terms of the Jaguars, first of all, can they do it? Do you think, can they beat the Titans to the division? I mean, to, to be honest with you, like, I think they're warming up at the right time and they're definitely moving in the right direction. You know, they'd, uh, uh, first of all, it's like Christian Kirk was getting a lot of the, the, you know, the attention from Trevor, um, uh, you know, what's my, my my brain is is uh, is is gone gone to mush with all of this uh, NFL coverage that we we've been doing it. I keep forgetting everyone everyone's names, but uh, you know, obviously at the at at the start of the season, you know, he's getting obviously a lot of the you know plays at the start. I think now obviously they've got a, a nice running back with uh Entien. Am I pronouncing it correctly? Uh, I always get told off for pronouncing everyone's names wrong, so that's why I hesitate beforehand. Um, but yeah, I I think that. You know, Doug Peterson's definitely got his stamp on this team, uh, and and a belief, you know, in 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 the actual system that they're playing, and then also like the more so is like not giving up, yeah, you know, because obviously when you come from a team that's like effectively like a historic losing franchise, then obviously it's very much easy for people to be able to get down in the mouth, and I think that with these guys, obviously they had a bad record at the start, but you know, just the way that they're hanging in. They hung in there with with, with the Cowboys, and uh, it, it was weird. Like you kind of knew that they were going to win. You knew that they were going to come back, you know. And if you've been watching them for a long, long period of time, then you've seen the gradual progressions. I mean, you know, we we us the Giants, we had a close game with them, and that could have gone e- either way, you know. But I think we've pretty much with like, d- 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 you know, with every every piece that they've put in together is actually coming to, you know, coming to fruition at the right time. Um, so, but the Titans, uh, you know, are, are, aren't you know uh, aren't exactly going away, sh- shying away. But I've got a feeling if I if you had to ask me who out of the two, I would actually you know go with the actual upward trajectory. And I do think that the Jags can. I'm probably saying this more out of hope than anything else because they are like effectively home team uh, can actually uh, you know get that that playoff place. Yeah, I agree. And I think the Jaguars, you know, they're hitting form at the right time. And this time of the year, you have to be the team that performs well. And this time of year, if you get a good run together, I think it's it's really important. And I think the Titans are, with the old Tannehill, doesn't look like 100% healthy. Mm. Malik Willis is really untested. So I think it'll be a tough ass for them to win all their games. I think I've not got their schedule up with me, but, you know, as division winners last year, they've probably got the harder schedule than the Jaguars as well. So I think if they can win one game, that's probably yeah. enough. Maybe two games would guarantee it. But I think if they lose all three games, I think they should be very concerned. Um, speaking of concern, you mentioned the Cowboys because they've lost this game. They came close to losing to the Texans last week as well. I mean, I've been on the horse that they're going to be a team to challenge for the NFC title. But the last two weeks have really changed my mind. And it just proves again, Dak Prescott... It's so inconsistent, and this season he's been very inconsistent, especially in recent weeks. Um, obviously, the Eagles are going to wrap up the division. I think that's you know, I think that's almost a lock now. Mm. I think obviously the Cowboys themselves and the Commanders they'll be fighting out for a while. I think the Cowboys have already got the playoff spot confirmed. But does this worry you in terms mm-hmm. of the playoffs? If they face a team like the the Niners or the Eagles when it comes to the playoffs, does their their form against in the last two weeks, especially, does that concern you going into the playoffs with the Cowboys? I mean, it doesn't concern me. I, I'm I'm quite enjoying this, uh, being that being that as a division rival and uh, I'm a Giants fan. But uh, sorry, sorry, Cowboys fans. I'm 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 enjoying every bit of this. I have popcorn when I'm watching it. But uh, I, you know what? Th- th- there's something about the Cowboys that just there's there's always a little piece missing, and I don't know whether it's a mental thing, but it just seems like you know they got C D Lamb, who's steam stout, and he's definitely by far their number one receiver. Got a dual-headed running back with with, with Zeke and, and Tony Allen, uh, Tony Pollard. Sorry, um, I I don't really Tony Pollard. Sorry, um, I do. I definitely believe that they have every piece there, but I I hate to blame one. You know, just like people blaming, you know, Zach uh, from from the uh, from from the the Jets. I hate when people blame one person for the downfall of of a franchise, but it's just is Zach. It, you know, if if they had a, a bit more of a competent, you know, quarterback, I, I think that they'd easily find themselves in contention. But I just don't see them as a Super Bowl threat. I think that if they, right now, here and now, 
just judging from what I'm seeing, if they if they play the uh, 49ers, I think the 49ers walk it easy. You know, I think it's obviously you know, you've got um, uh, Jalen Hurts out for 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 the forthcoming game, so therefore that they might be able to maybe able to grab a win. And if they don't, it's even worse because obviously you're facing a backup with God and Minshew. So I I just I just think that there's something missing with with that that game that can actually get them over that hump. I just don't think he's elite. You know, I know he's got elite money. He's not a scrub, but he's just he's just good, very good. But elite is a different level when you can actually pull something out of the bag, and I just don't think he's that. I agree, and I don't think I can name a single big game where he's performed. I mean, 2020, there were games before he got injured that he's doing well in, but the defence was much worse than it is now. I mean, looking at the stats, in terms of their defence, they've allowed the... Um, the, the third least passing yards this season. So their pass defense is really playing well. They're in the in terms of the running game. It's a that could be an issue because they are actually looking at now. Where are they on this list? So they are. Where are they on this? List? Oh, they they're in the bottom ten when it comes to rushing yards allowed. So maybe that's the issue on defense. But in terms of offense, they've uh, Tony Pollard and Zeke have been a very good running back duo this season. Yeah. CD Lamb, as you mentioned, been really good. People like Noah Brown have stepped up at times. You know, Michael Gallup's come back from injury and had his moments, but mm. I do think it's Dak because you look at they've had he's had one playoff win this whole time as a starter, and they've had many um, playoff games since he's been there. Of course, you all know what happened last year against the Niners, where it seemed just an all-round capitulation at the end and a real mix-up of communication. And um, I just I just think that he hasn't got that big. I think he. I think someone is, 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 there's a word I think in sport called stat padder, and I think he might be the poster boy of that because he gets all these all these yards and all these touchdowns against you know, bad teams or in garbage time. But I guarantee if they play the Niners or the Eagles, the Vikings or even any playoff game, it would be very rare. I'll be shocked if he's the reason why they win the game. If they win the game, it's down to the run game, I imagine, or that amazing defense yeah. with Micah Parsons and Van Der Esch and everyone else. So... I do think Dak is a problem and I think that they paid him all this money and everyone was calling him a top five callback, which was ridiculous. And I never really agreed with that that sort of that comparison he was getting put in with the likes of Brady and Rogers at the time when he was getting paid. And I just think that they may well regret paying him. But on the other side, who else could they have got the time that's better than Dak? That's the issue they've got. There's no one better around available for them. And yeah, I, th- I think that's a big issue that they're stuck now and in a in a trance where unless they find mm. some sort of gem in, in the in the draft, like they found Dak late on, was it the fourth round or the third round in the draft? Unless they find some sort of gem there, they're sort of stuck with him because yeah, who unless some miracle, Josh Allen or Patrick Mahomes requests a trade, I, I think it's very hard to find a better a better quarterback <laughs> Dak that's available. And I just think that I mean, yeah, I, I don't know how it's going to work out, but. Um, the Cowboys, yeah, they do worry me. And I think that from looking at the actual playoff picture right now, the Cowboys will be playing the Buccaneers mm. in the wildcard round, which I think even though they'd be on the road, I think I think they could lose that. I think even though the Buccaneers have been terrible, I think they've shown shines in recent weeks on offense, especially their defense has been a bit shaky at times in terms of that collapse the other day. But I think I think they should beat the Buccaneers on, recent, on the form this season. But then after that, you know, they'll be playing... Unless your boys or the commanders pull off a shock, it'll be most likely the Eagles. Um, <laughs> and then, then if that comes yeah. down, that I, there's no way. Unless injury bug hits the Eagles, um, I see no way that the Cowboys um, do beat them. And I think um, I'm sure you'll be you'll be celebrating hard in the new year if the Cowboys do lose <laughs> <laughs> the playoff. To no, a- is it, it from 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 a charge point of view? We, we don't like them both. So it's, it's almost yeah. like, uh, you, you know, it's just, it's picking your poison, uh, really. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, no, but you do get the, because obviously a Cowboys fan is obviously like, you know, do get so upbeat and do get like somewhat delusional. Um, obviously, they haven't won anything since, since 96. So it's, it, it's, to me, it's just like, I think they're so desperate for, for this win. Uh, and, and there's a bit of an evil side of everyone who loves to be able to see them, see the decline and the downfall every season. Uh, with the hope goes, and it's usually around this time. It's usually around Christmas, you know, just or not after. First, you know, as soon as we get into the playoffs, they get knocked out, and then uh, it's still start again. Uh, so, but I don't think it's going to be their year. 
uh, this year. Unfortunately for for, for these guys, um, they're going to be suffering another, um, you know, another year of mediocrity. Yeah, and this just shows the contrast. I mean, I was one years old when they last won a Super Bowl. That's how long ago, and I'm 28. Oh my god! Um, so, and also on the flip side, the 14. We go back to the 49ers. Since 2011, they've made the playoffs in only four seasons, and they've made at least a conference game in those four seasons. So I think, I mean, I I met a few Cowboys fans when I was doing my traveling in America in Seattle, and there was about eight people there from Dallas, and they were all Cowboys fans, and they all hate Jerry Jones. Not a single one wants him there. They all say he's the problem. They they won't win anything when he's there, and I think they made a point because you know he any good coach they had Jimmy Johnson back in the day. He falls out of them, mm-hmm. and, and then obviously he's stuck with Jason Garrett for way too long, and I think he will do the same with Mike McCarthy. So the Cowboys, yeah, I think they have some problems at the moment. Um, but other games going on, another one of our overtime games, saw the, the Chiefs wrap up the AFC West with a 30-24 to win over the Houston Texans. The Denver Broncos beat the Arizona Cardinals 24 points to 15. And we mentioned it before, the Titans did lose, but 17 points to 14 to the Chargers in the SoFi Stadium. Um, our next game we're going to focus on is a game which really um, has only one talking point. The New England Patriots travelled to the Las Vegas Raiders. Um, the Raiders won 30 points to 24. Both teams had 300 or more yards on offence. But yeah, that main talking point was, of course, the final play of the game where I still don't know to this day how that's happened. I mean, it was just a bonkers end of the play. Monje Stevenson was running, clock at zero. He gets it to Kobe Myers. And for some reason, Myers decides to throw it backwards towards Mac Jones, who's um, one-on-one with uh, Chandler Jones, which is um, a mismatch that I I think is one of the worst I've ever seen. Um, and yeah, and that obviously we all saw Chandler Jones run down the end zone against his former team um, and cause some wild reactions. One, of course, that has been going around, going around on social media today with that Raiders fan getting in that Patriots fan face. But have you seen a more crazy play than that in any NFL game? No, that is it, it, it was. I, I don't want to call it bonehead because I think the guy was just like literally, you know, Stevenson was just literally just focused about. I don't know, I don't know what he, I don't know what he was thinking. I've been actually trying to think while you was talking, like of something that I've seen that's worse. Um, we've seen like a lot of like bad decisions or inceptions and things like that where people try to play hero ball, but not just like just flat out buffoonery. <laughs> um, and I hate to say that about the guy, like you know, but it's just, it's just. I was like, what are you doing? You just had to go down, like yeah. you just literally had to go down. It goes over time. You you fight and have a fight, but it's just. I don't know what he said. He was trying to. He was, he was doing too much. He was just you know trying to um, make a big play, but oh, you made a big play, all right, a historic <laughs> one, and people are gonna remember that forever. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I, I remember like there was a screen pass we tried last season. I think it was in our own end zone, which is which is crazy. But that I think I don't think I've seen a more. I've seen crazy things like the Minnesota Mount Minneapolis miracle, but in terms of just bonehead mm. plays, I think that tops it for me. I mean, you got you got more of a chance of winning by going down, taking to overtime than you would by trying that. What he's doing, I just don't get. I don't get it at all. But you know, as a as a Dolphins fan, that helps us massively yeah. playoff hunt. So I was. Absolutely loving it. And my brother's a Raiders fan, so that was a very well-received play in my household. (laughs) (laughs) I I think you'd have to go to a different sport uh, to be able to kind of think, okay, this is the comparison of it. And we're both Liverpool fans, so, you know, for Liverpool fans or football fans in general, uh, there's a a gentleman who used to play for us called Jimmy Traore uh, Mm. against Stoke, I believe, in the FA Cup final. Sorry, FA Cup final. Burnley, was it Burnley? On my birthday. Yeah, and he tried to do a back pass and then it was went into the our goal. He's like it's the weirdest. Oh. We tried to clear it. I don't know what he was doing. Yeah. But that's... he was just on the line. Like, rather than just like booting it out on the line, he was just like trying to do something. He went in between his legs. It was just like just terrible. Just one of those just terrible things you've ever seen. You know, maybe uh you got uh I forgot who's in goal against America a long time ago. Um, oh, Chris Car is it Carson? Scott Carson. I think that was, was Rob Green. Rob Green. You're right. You're Rob Green. Yeah. Yes, you were right. Yeah, the ball went rolled in between his legs. Yeah. And went in. <laughs> like those types of things. That's that's how bad it was like that. Well, basically any Dejan Lovren's uh, Liverpool career. 
Yeah, um, honestly, or Phil Bab, like literally trying to clear the ball and then getting oh, uh, the poster yeah. between his in his nuts. Like that is like it's just something you can actually play. I don't know what the instrument's called. It, it goes whoop. Like <laughs> just like or or any any type of circus music you can put to that, but unfortunately he'll live to he'll he'll live again and hopefully he makes up for it the next se- next season or next week. Yeah, I mean that's on par with you know like decision making. You look at like the Bill O'Brien, DeAndre Hopkins decisions, the trade for there. Maybe look at Mike Ditka's oh decision God. to give all the draft picks for Ricky Williams. But um, I think since on the field, I think that's probably that's probably it. Um, well, we've got two more games we want to review, but before we do that, Monday Night Football saw the Packers get back to winning ways with a 24-12 win over the uh, LA Rams, who are now officially eliminated from playoff contention. And they have, I think they'll now have the worst, or they'll tie for the worst defensive for title um, in history. I think the Broncos have the worst one from 99 with six wins. They're currently on four, so they have three games to try and erase, erase that. But I think that with the injuries they have, they're probably looking just to... Um, see off the season now and just write this one off. Of course, the Lions will be hoping for this one because they have their pick. So the current draft order has the Detroit Lions with the fourth overall pick because of that um, Jared Goff and Matt Stafford trade. Um, so a plot game saw the Cincinnati Bengals win 34-23 to over the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Brady threw 312 yards, three touchdowns, two picks. Joe Burrow had 200 yards, four touchdowns, one interception. No one had more than 44 yards rushing. No one had more than 100 yards receiving. And the Buccaneers did did lead 17-3 at halftime. But the Bengals scored 27 unanswered points as they went on to win the game. Um, This one's more to do with the Bengals. Um, Are they the best team in the AFC right now? Yeah, I mean they've they've it wasn't looking good at the start. I'm, I'm just I'm being on. I see two turns here. Sorry, I, I've answered prematurely. No, they're not the best team in the NF, uh, in the AFC. Uh, in AFC is definitely still you know is, is still a fight between to me uh, the 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 Chiefs and the uh, Bills. I, I think they've still reign supreme. I, I don't. I haven't seen anything to really change my mind on that. I I think that with the um, uh, with with the Bengals, I think they're definitely on everyone's. You know, they're, they're on a comeback comeback trail again. But yeah, you know, from what I've seen of a season's work, it's definitely you're looking at the Kansas City Chiefs, who just seemed like they could score any opportunity they want to. And I think that the Bills can score anytime they want to, but also can rough with you as well. And then they've got who I call I was calling I don't know if there are any Simpsons fans out there, but uh, you know Nelson Muntz is Joe is Josh Allen. Uh, if you've seen that episode of The Simpsons where he's literally just dragging all the kids around him into the into the end zone, <laughs> the, you know, it literally is it is it, you know that is that is Josh Allen. You know, I have never seen a quarterback like him. Mm. I, I I think it will take a long time to be able to, to you know we we take for granted because obviously he's actually a good quarterback in the pocket and he's you know, obviously quite precise, precise thrower, but the fact that that man could just run through people. I, I have never seen it before. Maybe, obviously, at Cam Newton when he first started, you know, it's probably the only other example I've seen. But for this guy to be able to do the stuff that you do, obviously, you know, you, 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 with Mahomes, just when you think you got him, you got him, he'll do some type of basketball pass or, or baseball pass to, to someone. Uh, like that that one he, he did to um, uh, the, uh, the last, I think it was a game before last. He literally just, I forgot who it was to, I think it was to, to McKissick. Um, uh, it was just literally just like I've never seen any anyone throw, do the range of type of throws that he's done before. So you know, yeah, definitely they are the 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 the, uh, the top shelf. And I think that you know Joey Burr, as I call him, uh, he he's definitely uh, you know one to for them to be able to look out to. But also the the Dolphins are, are despite the two last last games, they also need to be looking at them too. Yeah, I, I've got a weird theory. I was actually talking to this with Daniel Faluri, our previous guest, over Instagram. But I was telling him that I think in the playoffs, the Bills beat the Chiefs. The Chiefs beat the but no, right? No, no, the Chiefs beat the Bills, but the Chiefs yeah. lose the Bengals. But the Beng- the Bills beat the Bengals. I've got a really weird thing where it's like a a weird complex where they can all beat each other. But I, I do, I, I do think the Bengals. You now I think the. They're hitting, we mentioned before, but they're hitting form at the right time. And I think that's, again, that's key for the playoffs. And I think that 
a lot of teams should be really wary of them because they start the season off so badly. Defensive line had a shocker the first two weeks, but they seem to have up their game and the whole team and offense is really cooking right now. And I, I just think that mm. the Bengals, just like last season, should not be really, really written off. And I think they are a team definitely to fear when it comes to the playoffs. But I've got a sort of a vendetta against Joe Burrow. So I'm hoping it's Mahomes over <laughs> the Bills or the Bengals, to be honest. But, um, but yeah, anyway. Um, but our final game, we, we are short for time, but we will quickly just go through the final game, which involves Dre's team, the Giants, as they got back to winning ways with a 20-12 to win over the Washington Commanders. Um, the Commanders had more touchdowns, more passing yards, more rushing yards, and more receiving yards, but yet the defense won the game for the Giants with three sacks, um, and also Cave uh, on Thibodeau, a first-round pick from this year's draft, got a fumble recovery for a touchdown. I mean, this win was just perfect, wasn't it, for your um, playoff push? I, You know what? I, I think every Giants fan had their heart in their mouth before the game, thinking it's a must-win game for us. You know, it's something that we, we definitely needed because obviously we've had some bad results as of yet. You know, the wheels looked like it was coming off. But my God, sorry, can we just take a round of applause for the New York Jets, sorry, New York Giants, what's my name? And the New York Giants defense. Like, my oh, God, like, I think they've been amazing the whole season. Luckily, I got to see them in person when when we beat the Packers. So I have to keep reminding Ash of the uh, high Ash, Ash if you want to. <laughs> yeah, just, just so you know, Ash, that we beat your team. Um, but, uh, and also, I, I think that there's a belief in it. I, look, I'm one of the, the, there are a few Giants fans, or maybe there's more more of me than I know, um, that are are just grateful for where we are because I like building. I I don't want to be deluded with some some fans are saying, oh, well, we might be able to win this, win a few playoff games. Oh, okay, the playoff first playoff game, I, and and there's a, been a mock draft by um, NBC, and it looked like we was going to get the 49ers. Well, that's the end of our trip. It would just be like, um, you know, Grandpa Simpson, like literally going in and out of the revolving door of the playoffs. But I, I'm so happy about the progress. We, you and I spoke, I think, near the start of the season. Um, and I wasn't really like, you know, I wasn't very optimistic. But now, my God, like the defense can actually, you know, go toe to toe. I literally at the stage of when, when, when we're on the one yard line, I still believe that we can keep people out. You know, I believe even if even though that ref messed up the uh the, the the call, like I still believe that we could have we could have still won that game because of our defense. And then Saquon, come on, I I could keep, go on and on and on. My Giants are back. <laughs> what, what are your views on um, Daniel Jones as well? Mixed opinions on him from fans, I think this season. I mean, to be honest, like he hasn't done much wrong this season. You know, at the end of the day, is that like, you know he, he you know at the start of the the season he got a roasting. Uh, from from Coach Dable, like you know, to to say don't make stupid throws, uh, risky unnecessary risky throws. So I think he he makes very safe throws. I mean he's in, he he's very comfortable by running. He hasn't done anything boneheaded at all in any formal way. I think the team just needs a couple of receivers, uh, effectively like stout receivers. It, it, uh, I, mean, I don't know what Odell's com uh, condition is, is is like, but I mean, we need someone like him to be able to take away some of the attention from Saquon uh, because of us to stack the box against him. Uh, I don't want him to get injured because he seems like he's been less effective, but it's just it's just people just know what we're going to do. So we know we're going to, you know, run the ball between him and Matt Breda. So, but yeah, Daniel, Daniel Jones needs... I've been impressed with him. You know, he's not blown me away, but he hasn't let me down. He's been very, like, you know, solid and reliable. So he's like a, a what I would look at, like a Volkswagen Polo or a Golf. Nothing, no frills, but gets you where you need to go. And it's and it's and it's a, a good, reliable car. <laughs> Before we do go as well, um, quick answers, your MVP and your Super Bowl matchup and winner as it stands. Ooh, MVP. Ooh, I mean, to be honest with you, it's not fair not to, for it not to go to Jalen Hurts. I think anyone else who had a team that is, has got a record like that, uh, you know, I think you have to have a major part of it. I think you can mess up any uh, any result by doing, like, risky, unnecessary things. But, like, he's got them through a lot of games. I mean, he definitely beat the hell out of us at our stadium, that's for sure. Um, so, yeah, I'll go with Jalen Hurts. I'm sorry, what's that for question again? Ball matchup and who wins it out of the two teams? Oh man, I've been avoiding this. Andy, Andy <laughs> just got me there. Like, 
Like, I've been avoiding them. Okay. <laughs> in my dreams, my dream one at the start of the season, and it looks like it still could happen, is the Bills versus the 49ers. Mm. Who's going to win? I have no idea. But I, I, I've I've said the 49ers at the start. I, I, I haven't seen anything at all from Purdy that's going to change my mind. If anything, he actually gives them a bit more options. Um, He's, he's obviously only played a, a couple of games or a game and a half. Almost all game of three quarters. Um, sorry, is his second, second game yet? Yeah? Is it? Is it uh, no, he's the two games. He started two, two games and he came two games in and three quarters. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, what I've seen from him, like, he doesn't do anything that, again, risky. Like, with the 49ers, you just have to literally not throw the ball unnecessarily. Safe passes. It's a majority of run game. They're going to have, I, I was worried if they didn't have um, Debo back, but now they do. I, I I think they're they're gonna get be coming out of the NFC and then the AFC. I just got a feeling with the Bills. It is. It, it seems like it's their time. You know, it really does. But yeah, that's my Super Bowl matchup. I can't say who win. <laughs> <laughs> oh well, I'm gonna go for the Eagles from the NFC as it stands. Mine keeps changing every week, but Eagles and then yeah, I think I don't want it to be the Bills. I really don't want it to be the Bills. I. So on anyone but the Bills and the and the Jets and Patriots, but they're not going to make it. Um, you know what? I'm going <laughs> to be loyal to my team. I'm going to go for the Chiefs just because I, I I couldn't stand the Bills being in the Super Bowl. I really I really couldn't. Even though they're more like an annoying brother to me. I feel like Jets and Patriots is like a pure as a pure hatred. But you know, with all the stuff going on with tourist charity, and we gave something to someone else's charity. I think it's more like the annoying brother, like sort of it's always in your face. But um, but yeah, I, I think. Chiefs, Eagles, and then I'm gonna give it to the the Chiefs. I, actually, no, I'll say the Eagles because the Chiefs. But are but but don't count out the Dolphins though. Like the Dolphins are on, like they stuck around. Like especially against the Bills, they mm. you know there was an opportunity for them to be able to win the game. So it's not not there's not much in it. Yeah, you know, I I I've, I went to see them live against obviously to Texan where that was a riot all over them. But <laughs> yeah. I I think that team is very very well equipped for uh you know and. Uh, we had uh, uh, George um, George on sports had had a guest on who uh, who agreed uh, as well that you know that they're ready now so you know don't count them out I know it's your team you don't want to get hurt but yeah, yeah that, that's that's why I'm trying to keep I've let, I will know with Liverpool fans it's the, hurt, the hope that kills you it really is so I'm trying to keep <laughs> things low expectations wise and I think that you know making the playoffs is more is sort of my aim because I've never seen us win a playoff game. I've seen us play one game in my whole time supporting the team. So, but I think on our day we can be on our day we could be anyone on our day. So I think yeah. against the Chiefs, the Bills, or the Niners, if you get that far, I think on our day we can be anyone, especially with Waddle and Hill. But I think um, you know, sadly our defense could let us down in terms of the passing game. But we'll see. Yeah. I'm just going to try. You know, if, if anything happens, great. But if not, I think. Yeah, trying to trying to be coy about it at the moment. <laughs> Either way, we we've had a great season so far, yeah. and uh, for for the last few seasons, it's been better and, and better and better and better. So you know, I'm just grateful that we've got. It's not a foregone conclusion who's going to be winning each each you know conference. So that's I, I I'm very excited to see what uh you know who's going to be coming out of what what side. Yeah. I'm very excited and I can't wait to see who does that. Um, but that has been the conclusion of our week 15 uh, review. So um, thank you, Dre, again for coming on. No worries, no worries. Always thanks for having me. Always a pleasure. Uh, oh, thank you for for um, you know always putting up with my ridiculous schedule. Uh, <laughs> Andy's very persistent, and I, I do appreciate you uh, you know having so much patience with me. Oh, it's no problem at all. And it's always great having you on. Um, but yeah, do check out Dre's work on his TikTok, on his Instagram. All the social media, so you can find them on there, and we we'll put the link on our um when you get the podcast out, we will put the link on there. But that has been the week fifteen review. This has been Dre. This has been Andy, and we will see you guys next time. Bye.